Hello, everybody. Before we start today's episode, I am going to tell you a little bit about the newest sponsor of the Simply Finance with Shane White podcast. It's called Routine. Um, we actually had one of the co-founders on the podcast, uh, Jake Rhodes, um, back early on one of my founder series episodes. And one of their products really caught my attention early on called Morning Routine. And uh, we decided to work together. So I'm excited to have them as part of the podcast. Um, we've been talking about them over the last couple months. And you know what? I want to remind all of you today just why I love their products so much and wanted to share it with you. Uh, so just so you know, when we sleep, we lose between a pound and a pound and a, and a half of water, expelling vapors, sweat, etc. Morning routine comes in these single serve packets. I kind of think, uh, you know, any of those packets that you pour into a container of water or whatever drink you use. Um, each of those packets comes with half an organic lemon, one tablespoon ACV or uh, apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, and all six essential electrolyte electrolytes. Excuse me, but most importantly, no sugar. Yes, no sugar in their products at all. Uh, like I said, it comes in one tear apart pack. Uh, you mix that with about 20 ounces of water. Um, and, you know, obviously water is good for you anyway. So get you extra hydrated. And really the whole concept behind routine um, was Jake and his wife wanted products that you could trust, made convenient, uh, products that they felt comfortable giving to their kids. Um, and that is exactly why they came up with routine. Just to give you guys a little bit more of a background into routine. Um, you know, I love their product from the start. Um, and so did my wife. We actually, you know, had them early on and we're big fans of what routine um, was. But it's funny. It's one of those things. Um, and I talk about it on here a lot is consistency. The more we had routine in the morning, um, when we ran out, I remember the first time we ran out, we both were like, I feel different today. Like, I just don't feel as hydrated. It's very, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange thing. Um, but I would love for all of you to try it. One of the things I promise with my podcast, with my platform is that I'm never going to promote products that I don't love or use myself. So if you want to give morning routine or any of their other products a shot, you can go over to your routine dot com um, and at checkout use code Shane White 30. Again, that's Shane White 30 at checkout. You'll get 30% off your first order uh, and you can check it out, which is exciting. Um, I hope you guys do and I hope you guys love routine. All right, everybody. The episode is up right after the intro, which is right now. Hello, everybody. Today, I have a fun episode, and this one is also a one-on-one -on -one with just me. It's really a 101 as well. Um, if any of you guys, and I know a lot of you have been listening to my founder series where I kind of dive through the stories of startup founders um, and really go from zero to one, like where, where do they start? How did they go from concept all the way to an actual company, a brand, um, you know, building a business. 
Um, one of the things, you know, we hit on different financial topics on here to some degree in the Founders series. Um, and one of the, you know, just questions I have gotten and, and some of the questions I give back to founders because of the questions I get a lot of times are around, you know, raising capital or, um, you know, running profitable businesses, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought it'd be fun. We've talked a little bit about like financial statements on here way back in the, in the past, uh, like in the one oh one days. And I was like, why don't I walk everyone through just a really quick, uh, you know, PL, also called a profit and loss statement, also called an income statement. All those are the same things. A lot of times in business, we call it a PL, profit and loss. That's what it stands for. And, um, you know, I would just say, even in my time of working in corporate America, uh, a vast majority of the people that I work with in other functions, so, you know, marketing, supply chain, whatever it may be. Uh, most, you know, most people who don't have to have to look at a PL or their job doesn't require them to, there's no reason you would know how they work. And I, but I do know that from a lot of you that listening to this podcast has kind of opened your eyes to just, you know, how a business is run. Um, and not just how it's run, but, you know, making sure, um, you understand when we're talking on here, just kind of the, the very simple metrics that are important, um, that a company, um, you know, pays attention to. So that is what we are going to talk about today. So basically what I'm going to do, I am going to use Tony peanuts who, uh, Tony Trigiano was my last founder series guest. I'm going to walk through what a PL might, and I don't know for sure, but what it might look like and just in general, how a PL is structured. And, um, if this is an episode where you might be interested in, again, it's going to be a shorter one. Um, but it's just me. If you want to go back and listen to his episode, uh, I would I, honestly, if you want to learn more about a PL today, this episode could be great for you to kind of get a good understanding, then go back, listen to his episode. Uh, and it might give you just a better overall understanding of, uh, how it all works. So I will share a link in the show notes, uh, after this, uh, to, well, actually in the COVID stock market rebound tracker, that is a, a place where I keep, you know, all the stocks that I'm keeping an eye on, on, uh, that's a, a free link for all of you. And it's been a free source since the day I launched this podcast. There is going to be a tab in that Google sheet, uh, for this episode that you can go to and look at what a PL might look like. I will put that there. Uh, so after the show, or even right now, while you're listening, if you want to pull that up, you can go to the show notes, scroll down COVID stock market rebound tracker. And from there you can follow along. Um, all right. So we're going to just get started. So the top of a PL, uh, what, you know, most people pay attention to by far the most, uh, the most important and first component of any business is you have to generate money, right? You have to have sales. You have to give someone a product or a service and in return, get money, right? That is how everything works from there. That's your cash inflow. So the money you are making off of the product or service that you provide, then everything trickles down and slowly, but surely you start taking away money as you work down a PL. Um, a, a way I used to always explain it to folks at RX early on when we were trying to really get, you know, financial acumen up in, uh, to a better place. As I always said, Hey, let's say we have a buck and the top of the P and L when you sell one bar, um, one protein bar that 
we just got a stack of pennies. We got a, let's just say we, we sold it for a dollar, which is way less than we'd want to sell a protein bar for. But let's say we sold it for a dollar and we got a hundred pennies. So that's our stack for one bar. As we work down the PL, we're just swiping pennies away. We're moving them off. We're moving them off as expenses come in to run the business, to grow the business, to pay for all of us here working on the business. And when you get to the bottom after everything, that's what your profit is. Uh, sometimes it's called net income. Sometimes it's called profit, like I said. Um, and that is how much money after everything is left over for the business to either reinvest in the business. So, you know, buy things, uh, build new things, innovate. Um, and this is, again, this is a private company. If it's public, it could go back as a dividend. If it, you know, if you have shares in the market, um, there's lots of things that that F leftover money can be used for. Could just be left in cash. If you think of companies like Apple who are just sitting on boatloads and mountains of cash, um, but we'll back up. So very, very top is gross sales. Um, and in the food industry is what we're going to talk about today. Um, we'll specifically talk about, you know, what a PL might look like, like I said, for Tony, for example. Okay. So Tony, I'm on his website. I'm looking at a 32 ounce of original honey peanut butter smooth, which is like basically his best seller. Um, it is eight fifty, So 32 ounces for eight fifty. uh, shipping costs $4. So his what he's charging us is twelve fifty. So really, what he what his top line for one jar of peanut butter would look like, and I'm actually going to build this out and share this with you guys. Like I said, um, so I'm going to do it as I go down the line. His top line, let's say, is eight fifty. Um, that's how much money is coming in the top. Now I did mention that shipping fee, right? Um, and we'll include that in just a second. Um, but what I will do is the next line down, we'll, we'll, we'll break them out because usually they're really considered separate. You have what your product is worth and what it's selling for. That's the eight fifty, um, and then you would also include shipping income as a second line. So the second line is yeah, shipping income. That is what he says costs four dollars. Okay, so the eight fifty for the product plus the four dollars for the shipping income. Um, he now in total is bringing in, he's charging us 1250 for the one jar, right? Okay. And then, you know, in this scenario, let's, let's just for fun games. The other thing that goes right below those two is a bucket that we talk about. And it's what I've spent a lot of time at RX dealing with, which called, which is called trade and trade. Uh, is a simple term that encompasses tons of different things. But basically, in you know the simplest terms we can talk about today, trade would be, you know, Tony is out there. He says, hey, my jars cost $8.50. I'm going to ship it to you. That's 4 bucks. But today I'm running a $2 off discount. And the hope is that that incentivizes you to actually purchase his peanut butter, right? So now his trade line says two bucks. All right. So now that has gotten us down to net revenue. You may have heard of that. And it's, it's net revenue because the top line is gross revenue. That's just how much something costs, how much you're charging someone. If you're shipping it to somebody, and, and again, most of the brands we have on here have some sort of website or D2C capability. So shipping income is a big part and a big expense, honestly, um, for these guys. Um, so shipping income and then trade, let's just say in this example, he gave us $2 off. So now we 
um, he's giving us two dollars. So his net revenue on one jar is the eight fifty, the gross revenue. Plus, he is gaining four dollars in shipping income from us, but he's losing two dollars. So he technically, after all of that, is making ten dollars and fifty cents on a jar of peanut butter. Oh, I need a sip of water. Um, okay. Uh, so now that's net revenue. That's usually one of the first main like lines on a PL that are, is really important. Gross revenue is obviously top is also called top line or top line sales. And then you get down to net revenue, that's 1050. All right. Now we're in the fun part of the PL, which is really encompassing of the costs that go into your product as well as what it costs to get the product. Uh, to your customer. Okay. So the first thing is COGS. You might've heard this term. It's really just COG uh, is what it stands for or cost of goods. So obviously, you know, the, the peanut butter jar that Tony is selling us, uh, it's the finished product, right? It's already been made. It's been packaged. It's ready to give to the consumer to sell to the consumer like you and me, but that costs him something. So let's just say for fun. And again, I am totally bullshitting these numbers no i besides besides the top line besides gross revenue and shipping income i got that right off his website uh i do not know what his cost of goods are so tony if you're listening to this uh this is a total random shot in the dark but let's just say on that jar um his cost to you know procure which just means you know what it costs for him at scale to buy like he said in the in the episode 25 pounds of peanuts he's got to pay for the glass jar it's going in He's got to pay for the uh, label on the outside of the jar. He's got to pay for the lid. Um, so let's just say all of that costs him a dollar and fifty cents per jar on average. Again, it's just an average. Um, and then let's go down. So he charged us four dollars. Now, one source of income a company technically could do right is charge you four dollars, and in reality, maybe it only costs them three fifty. They could pocket that fifty cents. Most companies, I would say for the vast majority of companies I've worked with, if they're charging you $4, it's going to cost them $4. They try not to screw their customers you know, into paying extra for shipping if they're already paying for it, right? Um, so for fun games, let's just say shipping for him to ship it from his location to me is going to cost $4. So if you remember up above, one of the lines was shipping income. He charged me $4, but it's going to cost him $4. So all in, it's net net. Then below shipping is fulfillment. So like how much does it cost for him um, at a warehouse to get my order packed up and ready to go out the door? You know, a lot of young startup brands like Tony, he's doing it out of his own, you know, own place. So this is really just his time. It's not really an additional cost. The only thing that might go into this uh, for a lot of companies would be, you know, the, the cost of like the box. A better example would be think about when you get to a larger scale, something like Amazon, right? Like they have a full warehouse and team and, th th you know, that all has to get crunched down into a per unit cost that they deal with. Um, before my days at Rx, I worked at Walmart.com and that was an enormous metric that I was always tracking was at this crazy huge warehouse after all of the costs we incur how much did that end up costing last month per package we shipped? That was kind of a cool metric that we always were keeping track of and obviously trying to get down lower and lower. For this fulfillment, let's just keep it nice and easy. Let's say it's 50 cents a jar. 
uh, and the last thing would really be like a storage fee. So anything, you know, it was a cost to keep it at a warehouse uh, for Tony. He doesn't really have one. So we'll just leave it at zero. Okay. So that is your cogs and what I like to call logs or your logistic logistic cost of goods, right? So what it costs to get all that out the door. Um, so again, after we got to net revenue, this next section of the PL, how much the product costs to get it made and ready for final product, and how much does it cost to get it shipped, deal with it at the fulfillment center, and store it. So in total, our cost was $1.50, our shipping was four, and our fulfillment was 50 cents. So the total, uh, here I'm gonna add this up. A nice fancy Excel here. All right, so our total cost there was $6. All right, so if you remember, our net revenue after our $2 discount was $10.50. Uh, the total cost here was $6. And so now the term that you might have heard and we talked about here is margin or gross margin. It's a major metric. So basically, how much money is left over after you've you know sold the product to the customer, you've maybe given a discount, you've shipped it, you've fulfilled it, and it's on its way. That is what gross margin is. It's a great metric for overall health of a company, overall health of a brand, because that doesn't factor in the things we'll get to next, but that does factor in um, essentially all of the things that get into like getting something out the door. Boom, done. It's out the door. That's how much it costs. So we are now left with $4.50 in gross margin. Uh, again, these are made up numbers. I am not by any stretch of the imagination saying this is correct. If you want, so that's gross margin dollars. If you wanted to calculate gross margin percent, which is a very, very, very in the food industry common metric um, that you would want to track. And, and, you know, it's kind of how you talk, talk, talk the talk, I guess you could say uh, in the food industry, especially if people are talking about the longevity of a brand or the health of a brand. So here with 450 left over after 1050 on net revenue, his gross margin would be 42.9%, which in the food industry in that 40 to 50 range is a really healthy brand. If you're above 50, that's phenomenal. In the 30 to 40, it's, it's okay. Not, not bad. Uh, and then below 30, um, you know, it depends on the situation, but that's, that's tougher, especially if you're not a company that's already backed by any type of investment. If you're just bootstrapping, uh, once you get below that, you know, 35 to 30 range, um, then it becomes a lot harder and you'll see in a minute to cover the other cost that it, it takes to incur. So for, uh, fun games here. So now, okay. So now that's, that's what it costs on a PL to get it out the door. But as most of you probably know, or maybe if you don't know, um, and I actually, the re biggest reason I know this is because I tried this back in the day a long time ago with a good friend of mine starting a brand, and uh, we didn't do a good job here on this next part. And, um, you know, gross margin, I thought we were killing it. You know, we're making, we're making money on everything we sell, but there's also obviously more fees that go into running a brand. So biggest one, and especially when you're a young company up and coming, is marketing. Now, if you are going to be a brand that's growing, you're going to have to spend money on marketing. And that is to get your brand in front of people that could be on Facebook, it could be on Google, it could be on Amazon, um, it could be a lot of places. But it's important. And it's important, especially even if you're just an e-commerce company, and you're just shipping things from your house. Um, you got to be 
out there. People have to be able to find you. People have to be able to search for a different brand and stumble on yours and be like, hey, I've tried, I've had GIF my entire life. What is Tony's peanut butter, for example? So that's what he's doing, right? He's spending money on Facebook, on Google, on Amazon, potentially. Actually, no, he's not on Amazon yet. So he's not spending money on Amazon, but brands that are scaling will be doing that. And so, you know, let's just say you do a marketing campaign on Google and you spend a hundred dollars. Well, the hope would be, and this is really getting down to the rabbit hole. We could do a whole different episode on just marketing for sure. And the financial piece of marketing really more than anything. But if you're spending a hundred dollars, you know, for fun numbers, you would hope you're spending at least two, three, you're gaining, sorry, two, three, four hundred dollars in sale. So that's called ROAS or return on ad spend. So if you're whatever you're spending, you're hoping you're making, you know, two, three, four X that in sales. That's healthy. So let's say on this one, if he's if he's making eight fifty, let's hope his marketing spend is, you know, I don't know, somewhere in the ballpark of a dollar fifty. And again, all made up numbers here. Don't hold me accountable to any of this. So let's say on average, after he does so again, and the the one thing to remember, gross margin is something that you can calculate off of everything you sell, right? Like if you gave a $2 discount, you can tie that $2 back to that specific jar. If it costs you $1.50 to make a jar's worth of peanut butter, you can tie that directly to the sale of that. Everything below gross margin we're talking about now with marketing, and then we'll get into overhead and then additional fees. Um, This is at a like company-wide level, right? Like, so your marketing team, or if it's, if it's just you that's, that's running marketing, um, might be, um, you know, spending for the entire company. So you'd have to take your total marketing spend again, if it's, you know, a hundred dollars, let's say for fun numbers, and then you'd have to divide that by the total amount of units that were sold. And that's technically your per unit marketing spend. That doesn't mean that, you know, all of those sales were attributed to the marketing spend you had. But if you take that entire market, entire marketing budget and take and divide it by the amount of units you sold, boom, that's where I got the 150 from, right? And just using fun numbers. Then, of course, after marketing, and there's a whole, like I said, a whole sphere we could get into on how that's optimized, how brands are working to make that better and better. It's it's something I'm very passionate about and, and love helping brands and working with brands on. Um, it's it's it was it's been very interesting over the last few years, just learning more and more about that sphere itself. The next one, and probably one of the most important on this entire PL is overhead. So I think overhead is kind of what I just consider like the catch-all. So in this very simplified version of a PL, overhead is basically all those other expenses or most of them that funnel in that you need to run the business. So in here we would we would consider an office. We'd consider anyone who's on the payroll, right? So anyone's salary or hourly wage. Um, we would consider like all the computers we need. Um, this could be, um, you know, any expense like that that goes into the team, the the you know the office, the computers, all the other shit that is, you know, hundred percent needed to run the business. So let's say for fun numbers, he's doing really well. Again, let's say it's seventy five cents a jar. That might even be high. Let's say fifty. Um, and then the last one, I just have a catch all in here that I'll share, but like, you know, extra fees to help promote, run your brand. Things could be like agencies, consultants, um, just paying, you know, brokers to help you get into doors. Um, here we're going to keep this really small. We're going to say 10, 
10 cents. So that chunk right there, there's a lot we could get into, but I just wanted to kind of explain to you guys between gross margin and profit, that area is filled with marketing, overhead, uh, and additional fees. So if you remember, our gross margin on a jar was 450. Our total extra expenses below that added up to be $2.10. So if we do the 450 minus the 210, we are left with $2.40 a jar, um, which if this was correct, that would leave him with a 23% profit margin. So take the profit, 240, divided by net revenue, 1050. And that is what his business will be running at. So a 23% profit margin, a 43% um, gross margin, um, and I hope that helps. So I will share this. Uh, it definitely would be better for you guys to take a look at this live on your computer um, to kind of see what I was talking about. Uh, you know, talking about financial statements without any visual is really tough, and I understand that. Um, but take a look, just so you guys know. Um, I just think it's fun to have a better understanding. Once you kind of understand how the nuts and bolts of of these things work. Um, I don't know. It just makes conversations and listening to other conversations about financial topics and my, in my idea, in my idea, in my mind becomes much simpler. Um, but I'd love to know what you guys think, but that is a very rough, very simplified version of how a PL works. Um, and as you listen to other episodes in the founder series, I think you guys will start to pick up on, we talk about margins, talk about profit, um, and we talk about cogs and market, we talk about all these things. So kind of knowing where they sit and maybe you hear the term gross margin and you hear a percentage like that might give you an, Oh, like I didn't know that. So now it's a range that you're more aware of. Um, yeah. So I hope this is helpful. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, go to the COVID stock market rebound tracker, click the link in the show notes and you can see this example, um, on the tab that uh, is corresponding with this episode number. So, all right, everybody. Thank you. I, it is Friday evening. I just wanted to hop on here and do this. I was thinking about it all day, and I'm like, this could be a fun one, and I think people would benefit from it. So I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back with a new one. We got some killer guests coming. I'm stoked. So keep an eye out for notifications on that. If you uh, follow the the podcast, definitely subscribe. You'll get you know links, or not links. You'll get notifications of new episodes um, you know, leave us a review, share with your friends. It all helps a ton. Um, I just marked, I think it was Thursday or no Wednesday night. I realized, um, I've been doing this for a year. So thank you for all of you who have been listening to me, talk to people and have this podcast for a year. I can't thank you guys enough. Um, and you know, thank you. If any of you have been on the, on the show, uh, thank you for, you know, giving time, coming on the show, sharing your story. Um, and you know, passing this show around. I really appreciate it. It's been so much fun and year two is going to be way bigger than year one. I'm stoked for what we got, uh, you know, coming up, what's boiling up. Uh, it's going to be a big year number two for the podcast. So thank you everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed this and we'll be back soon with another episode. Have a great weekend and we'll talk soon. See ya.